You're tuned in to The Kojo Namdi Show. I'm Sasha Ann Simon sitting in for Kojo. Welcome. Later in the hour, we talk with Washington Mystics forward Maisha Hines-Allen on today's Kojo for Kids. But first, recently, an independent organization sent hundreds of thousands of Virginians absentee ballot applications for November's election. But in some jurisdictions, the applications had the wrong return address. This mishap has reignited debate about whether large-scale voting by mail is feasible and about planning elections amid a pandemic. As questions about absentee ballots, polling places, and voter safety come to the forefront, will the region be ready for elections in November? Joining the conversation is Jessica Bowman. She's the Chief Deputy Commissioner of Virginia's Department of Elections. Hi, Jessica. Thanks for joining us. Hello. Thank you for having me. And Claire Gostanyaga, she is the Executive Director Director of the ACLU of Virginia. Hi, Claire. Hi. Thanks for inviting us to participate. Jessica, I'm going to start with you. Paint a picture for us and tell us what November is going to look like here in Virginia. How will residents be voting in the general election? Sure. Um, uh, I imagine Election Day in November will be a very busy day. Uh, However, Election Day for us really starts uh, 45 days before Election Day. Uh, And this year, voters will have uh, one of three options on how they can cast their ballot. They can get a ballot uh, mailed to them uh, via absentee, and they can apply for that on elections.virginia.gov. They can go in person uh, starting 45 days before Election Day and cast their ballot just as they would do on Election Day. And then, of course, on Election Day itself, they can go to the polls that are open 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. to cast their ballot. Now, Claire, as we mentioned, thousands of Virginia voters received a mailer from the Center for Voter Information. That's an independent organization. It was encouraging them to request an absentee ballot for the general election. But some had inaccurate information. Tell us what happened there. I got one of those that suggested I should send an application back to Richmond County, and I live in Richmond City. So obviously the voter misinformation is quite problematic, and the Board of Elections and the Department of Elections and everyone who's interested in fair elections is going to have to do a lot of work to educate voters that, you know, they can still apply and do the three things that Jessica talked about. They can still apply online for an app absentee ballot. They can go and vote in person absentee beginning September 18th, and they can vote on election day. The ACLU is very focused on both making it possible for people to vote by mail, and for that reason, we ended up suing the Department of Elections to try to get rid of a witness requirement on absentee ballots. And then we also believe that voters should have the choice to be able to vote in person safely. And so we'll be working on that as well. Mm-hmm. Also, so in addition to the wrong address, some applications were partially filled with voters' information. And in some cases, the information was wrong. Now, Jessica, some point to this uh, mail mishap here as proof that absentee voting can lead to voter fraud. Do, do we know of any instances of voter fraud in the past from absentee voting, and does it actually pose a threat now? Uh, Thank you for that question. Um, You know, study after study has been done on absentee voting, uh, voting by mail, and there is absolutely no proof that voter fraud increases or is rampant uh, when absentee voting or voting by mail is increased. It is a process that has gone on since the Civil War, um, and is just as safe as casting your ballot in person. 
Claire, the ACLU of Virginia filed a lawsuit against the Virginia State Board of Elections about requiring a witness's signature uh, to submit an absentee ballot. What's the status of that case? Well, it's pending a decision by the court. Um, We're hopeful that we'll be able to, we were able to come to an agreement to waive the witness signature requirement for the the June primaries, and we're hopeful that's where we're going to end up with an agreed upon court order. But it's, you know, obviously we don't like to have to sue to get basic fundamental rights uh, accorded to individuals. And this is a situation in which an old Jim Crow era vestige of the law, which requires a witness signature on an absentee ballot, um, should have been waived by the department. We wrote them in April asking them to change the regulations, and they chose not to do that. So we ended up having to sue. But hopefully we'll come to some kind of resolution uh, shortly and and get a court-approved settlement in place. Claire, how do you respond to people who are worried about election fraud in November? I think it's specious. I think it's an argument that's meant to help um, suppress voting. And it's a circumstance and situation in which, as Jessica pointed out, there's absolutely no factual predicate for believing that fraud increases with vote by mail or, or absentee balloting. Our military and our overseas um, uh, State Department employees and others have been voting remotely and 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 by mail for a long time. And as Jessica points out, this has been ongoing since the Civil War. And there's just no evidence that there's an increase in fraud as a result of, of um, what will be for the first time in Virginia uh, an election in which you don't need an excuse to vote absentee. We finally stopped privileging some voters over others. And every, anyone can vote absentee now, which is a change in the law effective July 1. If you're just tuning in, we're talking with Claire Gostanyaga. She's the executive director of the ACLU of Virginia. Also with us is Jessica Bowman, the chief deputy commissioner of Virginia's Department of Elections. Jessica, in April, the Commonwealth removed the requirement for a reason to request an absentee ballot. Will that still be the case in November? Uh, as as Claire said, litigation is, is ongoing. Um, that requirement was... Uh, waived via a court order. Um, So if another one is, you know, put in place, the department and local election officials will uh, implement that just as we we did in June. Um, So we will we will see. What effect do you think it would have on voter turnout? Um, I, you know, at the Department of Elections, we uh, we never guess on voter turnout uh, one way or the other. We we leave that to uh, to pundits. Now, jurisdictions everywhere are struggling to find poll workers. Most are older, and and there are concerns about COVID. So, Jessica, tell us what the situation is in Virginia. What what's the plan to recruit people? Sure, um, we also encountered this problem in May local elections and the June primary elections. Uh, The department has uh, coordinated with the governor's office to uh, do a recruitment campaign, including state employees, uh, including college students. Uh, And we saw a uh, real, you know, call to, to come out and be of service during this time. And it went, it went really well. So we are still um, ongoing in those in those recruitment efforts. Um, I believe we have had around 3,500 uh, new volunteers sign up since May, which is very encouraging. 
uh, and we continue to encourage people to volunteer um, yeah. to work the polls, especially if you're younger. We've got an email here from Sydney in D.C., and she asks, some people think vote by mail helps Democrats more than it does Republicans. Is that the case? Your response, Jessica? Um, I I am not sure I can uh, speak to causality of candidates winning campaigns. Uh, I will say, uh, you know, in the June primary, which, you know, statewide was a Republican primary, a lot of people chose to uh, vote by mail. So I'm not sure it is a um, partisan process. Claire, can you weigh in on that one? Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's partisan. And I think going back to the question of poll workers, one of the other good things that happened during our last legislative session is that Election Day is now a holiday for all public employees in Virginia. And hopefully that'll also encourage people to volunteer. But I don't think that mail-in ballots um, is a partisan issue. I think the reality is that we in Virginia have gone now from being the second most difficult state to vote in in the country to being one of the um, states that has an easier time to vote. And we've gotten rid of a lot of the things that essentially gave some voters more rights than others. So I think mail-in ballots and um, and the Election Day holiday is going to make a, a big difference in terms of uh, leveling the playing field and making sure everybody has equal access to the ballot box. Um, Lisa emailed us and asked on the topic of poll workers, what should I do if I want to volunteer to be a poll worker? Jessica? Sure. So you can go to our website, elections.virginia.gov, and sign up there. You can also uh, contact your local uh, registrar's office. Marilee is now on the line. She's from Reston, Virginia. Marilee, you're on the air. Hi. Um, I voted in the June uh, in the Democratic primary uh, that happened recently, and as part of the information I received, the written information said I would be able to go online to electionsvirginia.gov and discover, you know, if my ballot had been received. However, when I went to the website, there was no way to track whether or not my ballot had been received. It has this been a problem? Thanks for your question, Marilee. Jessica, can you address that? Sure. So um, if you go on our website and log into our citizen portal, uh, you should be able to see if your ballot was received by the general registrar. Um, Also, uh, the State Board of Elections just passed a regulation last week that uh, for absentee ballots in November, uh, voters will be able to track their ballots through an intelligent mail barcode. So similar to what you would track your Amazon packages, uh, you'll be able to uh, type in your name, where you uh, got your ballot mailed to, and it will tell you when it's on your way, and then it will tell you when it's gotten back to the registrar's office. So we're really excited about that extra step of transparency for our voters. Do you know how many in-person voting centers will be open across the state compared to a normal year? I do not. Um, Satellite voting locations, uh, I think, will be busier than usual due to the new legislation that you can vote uh, early in person without an excuse. Uh, Localities are still establishing those right now. Those need to be established 
by uh, the governing body, by ordinance. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is still ongoing uh, mm -hmm. from a couple of localities, such as Fairfax and Prince William. I know they have increased their locations. Well, let's put a pause on that. We'll continue our conversation after a short break. Stay tuned. Welcome back. I'm Sasha Ann Simons in for Kojo Namdi. We're talking with Jessica Bowman. She's the Chief Deputy Commissioner of Virginia's Department of Elections. And Claire Gustanyaga, she's the Executive Director of the ACLU of Virginia. We're talking about Virginia's November election plans. Claire, tell us what is top of mind for voters? What are you hearing from them about this election? Well, I think they're concerned about being sure that their votes are going to be counted. And I wanted to go back to something Jessica was talking about in terms of polling locations. When she talks about satellite locations, that's for the period between September 18th and Election Day where registrars make available uh, locations outside the registrar's office where you can cast an in-person absentee ballot. We're going to be watching at the ACLU very closely to make sure that those satellite centers are distributed equally and equally accessible to voters across the spectrum and not just put in some locations and some neighborhoods. And then the second thing is on election day, I think people are concerned about safety and we're going to be really focused on making sure that there are plans to keep people safe in polling places. And we're also a little concerned about maybe last minute changes in precinct locations because of concerns about having polling locations in schools or in um, residential care facilities. So there's lots to keep an eye on. We encourage every voter to look carefully at the question, should they vote by mail? Should they vote early at, an, at a satellite center? Or do they want to cast their ballot on election day? They should be able to make the choice and do so safely and conveniently and fairly with true accessibility for all voters, regardless of of uh, race or socioeconomic status or neighborhood location. Let's take a call here. We've got Les on the line from Virginia. Hi, Les. Good morning. How are you doing today? Good, thanks. What's your question or comment today? Uh, the comment is uh, looking at the big picture from 30,000 uh, feet down. Um, we're facing a calamity uh, in November nationwide and certainly in Virginia as well. Uh, I'm a um, managing director of the Mandate Democracy Foundation. We're a 501c3 at George Mason University. We're developing what is going to be the next paradigm, an inevitable paradigm, <laughs> excuse me, to move away from both in-person in and mail-in ballot voting uh, to online cyber-secure universal access voting. Um, uh, Chris Piper just... <clears throat> They've been very polite to meet with us, and they realize they have a calamity facing them, not for purposes of fraud. That's a that's a red herring. It's the unknowable errors that accumulate in ballot distribution, uh, return, authentication, all of which can and will be solved. Probably not this year. We're only doing pilot tests this mm -hmm. year, but it is the inevitable future of voting. Well, let me let me get a response uh, to your your question there, uh, Les. Jessica, is is the system prepared for an influx of mail in ballots for the general election? Um, it's a great question. We have been working hard along with local general registrars 
um, to do, you know, all that we can to prepare for the influx of, of mail. Um, I, I think we will be as ready as we, as we possibly can be. Uh, the other thing is, you know, election night results will, will not necessarily be as final as they haven't been in the past. Um, n- mainly because of a new law, uh, which is great for voters, uh, that was passed this year, where absentee ballots, if they are postmarked on or before Election Day, will be counted up until noon on Friday. So absentee ballots that were put in the mail um, Monday, if they get to the registrar's office by Friday at noon, those will be counted. So it will be uh, also a public expectation game of what you see on election night Mm -hmm. and the days following. What is being um, put in place to accelerate counting the votes? Because some are saying that the results of the election likely won't be available on election night just because of all these mail-in ballots. Sure. Well, like I described, we'll be accepting mail-in ballots after election night, so the numbers will change. Um, However, Virginia Code does allow for registrars to start pre-processing absentee ballots before election day. Some bigger localities have used this mechanism uh, for a long time, and so we are preparing everyone to use it, providing training and providing guidelines uh, so they can do uh, processing as they come in and will not be overwhelmed all in one day. Let's take another call here. Velma's on the line from Gainesville, Virginia. Hi, Velma. Hi there. Thank you for taking my call. I just want to say I'm an elections officer, actually an assistant chief at my precinct, and uh, since 2014, and I've recruited my husband and several other people. The problem that we have, it, the hours are just too long. Um, and I wonder if there's any thought of splitting the, the day, because we're literally there. We normally get there about 4.30, quarter to 5 to set up. We go the night before and set up. We're not leaving there sometimes until 9, 10 o'clock at night. Mm. It's just too long a day, and you cannot leave the entire day. And uh, I have actively recruited people. They've done it a couple of times, and they're like, no, we cannot do this. It's just too long. So my question is, have they given any thoughts to trying to split the day? Or, you know, I can understand the issue of people going in and out for changing shifts, but it's too long a day. Thanks, Velma. Jessica, any chance for shorter shifts? Sure. So uh, officers of election uh, are controlled by local electoral boards and general registrars, and some boards and registrars uh, have done that, especially with volunteers that may greet people at the door. Um, and and those type of things. So I know uh, some offices have looked at it, and I'm sure that process will continue. Claire, you mentioned earlier, you know, some of the steps that the state has taken to increase voting. So, you know, including making Election Day a holiday, uh, extending voting hours and enabling automatic voter registration. But at the same time, I can't help but ignore the or I can't ignore the fact that we are dealing with a pandemic. Do you have any predictions about turnout? In November? 
Well, it's, it's really hard to say yeah. how the pandemic is going to affect turnout. I mean, I'm hopeful that because everybody has, you know, three good options to be able to vote and vote safely, that they will, um, you know, really make it a priority to plan how they're going to vote, when they're going to vote, and make sure their vote gets cast and counted. And it's, you know... Every election is important, and this one is no different from others in that respect. So I, I just think each person's going to have to really make voting a priority in order to make sure that they know what choice they want to make and that they make their choices um, If you know, starting on September 18th when they can start voting. Here's an email from Susan that I'd, I'd love for you to address, Claire, if you can. She says, was the mailing that was done by the nonprofit legal? If not, is anyone suing them? I think what they did was really unfortunate. They made people become suspect of mail-in voting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this organization's been around for a while, and they have done um, similar uh, efforts at voter education in the past, and they haven't always been accurate in the past either. Um, I think it's you know really problematic that they weren't more careful about the way they went about this, um, but. Anyone can send literature to people. It's part of our yeah. our um, First Amendment rights, and there isn't anything they did that was illegal, um, unless it was, of course, an intentional effort to suppress voting, which no one has suggested, and that would be a criminal uh, investigation that a Commonwealth attorney would have to undertake. Let's take one more quick call here. Linda in Woodbridge, Virginia. Hi, Linda. Okay. My husband and I both read, uh, sent in to volunteer several weeks ago. Um, we have not heard anything. We haven't even heard if the, the request have been received. We've contacted the registrar's office twice, and we have contacted our representative trying to find out if our applications were even received okay. and have never heard anything back. Jessica, what should she do? Um, you can always contact us at the Department of Elections if your registrar has not gotten back to you, and we will try our best to put you in touch with them. And thank you for uh, volunteering your time. Our guests today, Jessica Bowman, Chief Deputy Commissioner of Virginia's Department of Elections, and Claire Gostanyaga, Executive Director of the ACLU of Virginia. You're listening to the Kojo Namdi Show. I'm Sasha Ann Simon sitting in for Kojo. Up next, it's Kojo for Kids with Maisha Hines-Allen of the Washington Mystics. Stay with us. <laughs> 